Hello, I'm Connor Evans, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called Jack and the Giant Apple by Kelsey McIntyre. When Jack's father died, Jack and his aunt moved to a cottage to tend goats until Jack was old enough to find work in the village. Now Jack's aunt had heard that giants lived in the surrounding hills, so when all the apples on the old apple tree in the backyard vanished overnight, she decided to send Jack after the thief. She was not particularly fond of apples, but she was even less fond of children, and giants are known for crunching up children and swallowing them faster than you could bake a poison pastry or devise a way to lure them off the forest path. Jack walked and walked, and finally, when the evening sun leaked out from under the moist gray clouds, he heard something unusual. It was coming from just beyond the next hill, and it sounded like crunching. Jack did not know he lived in a giant-infested area, but he certainly knew about giants, and he, unlike his aunt, remembered where he had learned about them. His father was a great storyteller, and used to entertain the family with tales of magical creatures and monsters. Jack's aunt, suspicious and not at all imaginative, only remembered the parts of the stories that might help her avoid meeting any such creatures, such as which regions of the country they inhabited. But Jack, imaginative and very rarely suspicious, remembered the description of the creatures themselves, their habits, strengths, and most importantly, weaknesses. The chomping and slurping continued, and Jack, expecting a troll or an ogre or some other such beast, crept up on his stomach and peered down the other side of the hill. He saw what looked like an enormous apple crouched below and munching on smaller apples that it balanced between slab-like arms cut from its sides. Its eyes were closed, two slanted gashes, and it was making too much noise to notice Jack. Jack clambered to his hands and knees and shouted, Hey! The apple stopped mid-chew, and its eyes peeled open. What do you want? He said, his voice as wet and grainy as quicksand. Those are my apples, Jack said, and then, afraid of giving too bold an impression, quickly added, What are you? The apple seemed displeased by the question. His eyes became slitty again, and a draining sound, like a leaky barrel, came from his throat. I'm a giant, of course, he cried. You see how big I am, don't you? Jack looked from the apple's supple brown stem to his shiny red belly. I can see you're big, he said finally, thoroughly perplexed. But you don't look like any of the giants I've ever heard about. I look perfectly well like a giant apple, the apple roared. Your head must be very mushy if you expect me to look like a giant goose or a giant person. Really, how silly boys are nowadays. I think I'll just have to crunch you up. Uh, Pardon me, Sir Giant. Jack said, feeling that good manners could not be amiss at this point. I've just never seen a giant apple as fine and shiny as you. The more I eat, the shinier I get, the apple said, a reply that Jack found quite disconcerting. He tried to remember the stories his father used to tell, especially the one about a cat who once defeated a giant by tricking him into assuming a form the cat could devour. Are you, by any chance, one of those giants who can change shape at will? Jack said in the soft, coaxing tone he used to get ladybugs to crawl onto his palm. Could you, for example, turn into something that flies, like a hawk, or something that swims, like a seal, or perhaps something smallish, like a pie? Now, the apple said, why on earth would apples be able to change shape? Oh, of course, Jack said. I don't know why. They wouldn't, I suppose. What can I do? Jack thought. The stories never mention giant apples. He was almost sure he would be crunched up. The apple, growing bored and a little hungry, picked up another stolen apple to munch on. And that was when Jack remembered something else. He remembered the way the wind usually scattered green apples underneath his aunt's apple tree, 
and how they rolled and bounced and bruised. He remembered touching the dark jelly under the bruised skin. Very well, he said, leaning over the ridge, so he was just within the apple's reach. You win. You can eat me. And I bet I'll taste a whole lot better than those bitter apples. But you need to catch me first. And he jumped up. With a noise like a starfish being ripped from a wet rock, the apple opened his mouth, threw the apple core aside, and rolled after Jack. Jack ran, up over hills, between rocks, his shoes scuffing on the uneven path and the rumble of the rolling apple giants behind him. The sun had sunk below the horizon, and a foamy gray dusk hung in the air. Jack hoped his aunt would keep her wits about her and come out of the cottage when she heard the noise. I will roll you flat and chomp you down, the apple bellowed. But as Jack glanced over his shoulder, he saw that each bump sent the beast higher and higher into the air, and that each time he collided into the ground again, a shadow of bruising appeared on his red flanks. The final hill before the cottage was the steepest. Jack almost tripped as he began to climb it, but he grasped handfuls of the thick grass and pulled himself up. The apple rolled faster and faster, building up enough speed to reach the top as well. He intended to catch Jack on the way down the other side, when the boy would be unsteady. Auntie! Jack called, when he was almost to the crest of the hill. Hurry out to the garden! Jack's aunt had been huddled by the kitchen window, listening to the distant crashes and shouts for quite some time. But when she heard Jack call, she suspected a trick naturally assuming that other people disliked her as much as she disliked them. That crafty child wants the giant to eat me instead of him, she thought, and bolted the door. Auntie, please come out, Jack called again, pausing on top of the hill. There's an apple on its way to the cottage, and if you don't move, it will crush you. Jack's aunt heard the word apple, and thought Jack was trying to bribe her with the promise of the stolen apples she had sent him to retrieve. Stay far away from me, you wicked boy, she screamed. The giant can have you for all I care. The apple finally rounded over the hilltop, and Jack was forced to dive out of the way. Unable to change direction quickly on such a steep slope, the apple barreled downward, past Jack, past the garden wall and the bare apple tree, and straight into the side of the cottage with a splat. Timbers and plaster showered from the ceiling, coating the giant in dust and splinters. Jack ran down the hill in pursuit, but when he reached the rubble, neither the apple nor his aunt stirred. As for Jack, he filled a knapsack with slightly dusty buns and set out for the village. No one knows what he did there until he was old enough to find work, but I'm sure he thought of something interesting. After all, one of the most important things to have when seeking your fortune is imagination, and Jack had plenty of that. You just listened to Jack and the Giant Apple by Kelsey McIntyre, read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Connor Evans. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement, a production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.